Chapter 16, verses 22 through 26. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 22 through 26. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died, and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Pseudo Chrysostom. We have heard how both fared on earth. Let us see what their condition is among the dead. That which was temporal has passed away, that which follows is eternal. Both died, the one angels receive, the other torments. For it is said, and it came to pass, that the beggar died and was carried away by the angels, etc. Those great sufferings are suddenly exchanged for bliss. He is carried after all his labors, because he had fainted, or at least that he might not tire by walking. And he was carried by angels. One angel was not sufficient to carry the poor man, but many come, that they may make a joyful band, each angel rejoicing to touch so great a burden. Gladly do they thus encumber themselves, that so they may bring men to the kingdom of heaven. But he was carried into Abraham's bosom, that he might be embraced and cherished by him. Abraham's bosom is paradise, and the ministering angels carried the poor man and placed him in Abraham's bosom, because though he lay despised, he yet despaired not nor blasphemed, saying, This rich man living in wickedness is happy and suffers no tribulation, but I cannot even get food to supply my wants. Augustine, now as to your thinking Abraham's bosom to be anything bodily, I am afraid lest you should be thought to treat so weighty a matter rather lightly than seriously, for you could never be guilty of such folly as to suppose the corporeal bosom of one man able to hold so many souls, nay, to use your own words, so many bodies as the angels carry thither, as they did Lazarus. Perhaps you imagine that one soul to have been alone deserved to come into that bosom. If you would not fall into such a childish mistake, you must understand Abraham's bosom to be a retired and hidden resting place where Abraham is, and therefore called Abraham's, not that it is his alone, but because he is the father of many nations, and placed first that others might imitate his preeminence of faith. Gregory, when the two men were below on earth, that is, the poor and the rich, there was one above who saw into their hearts, and by trials exercised the poor man to glory, by endurance awaited the rich man to punishment. Hence it follows, the rich man also died. Chrysostom, he died then indeed in body, but his soul was dead before, for he did none of the works of the soul. All that warmth which issues from the love of our neighbor had fled, and he was more dead than his body. But no one is spoken of 
as having ministered to the rich man's burial, as to that of Lazarus, because when he lived pleasantly in the broad road, he had many busy flatterers. When he came to his end, all forsook him, for it simply follows, and was buried in hell. But his soul also, when living, was buried, enshrined in its body, as it were, in a tomb. Augustine, the burial in hell is the lowest depth of torment, which after this life devours the pride and unmerciful. Pseudo-Basil, Hell is a certain commonplace in the interior of the earth, shaded on all sides and dark, in which there is a kind of opening stretching downward, through which lies the descent of the souls who are condemned to perdition. Pseudo-Chrysostom, or as the prisoners of kings are placed at a distance without, so also hell is somewhere far off without the world, and hence it is called the outer darkness. Theophylact, but some say that hell is the passing from the visible to the invisible, and the unfashioning of the soul. For as long as the soul of the sinner is in the body, it is visible by means of its own operations. But when it flies out of the body, it becomes shapeless. Chrysostom, as it made the poor man's affliction heavier while he lived to lie before the rich man's gate and to behold the prosperity of others, so when the rich man was dead, it added to his desolation, that he lay in hell and saw the happiness of Lazarus, feeling not only by the nature of his own torments, but also by the comparison of Lazarus's honor, his own punishment to be the more intolerable. Hence it follows, but lifting up his eyes, he lifted up his eyes that he might look on him, not despise him, for Lazarus was above, he below. Many angels carried Lazarus, he was seized by endless torments. Therefore it is not said, being in torment, but torments. For he was wholly in torments. His eyes alone were free, so that he might behold the joy of another. His eyes are allowed to be free, that he may be the more tortured, not having that which another has. The riches of others are the torments of those who are in poverty. Gregory. Now if Abraham sat below, the rich man placed in torments would not see him. For they who have followed the path to the heavenly country, when they leave the flesh, are kept back by the gates of hell. Not that punishment smites them as sinners, but that resting in some more remote places. For the intercession of the mediator was not yet come. The guilt of their first fault prevents them from entering the kingdom. Chrysostom there were many poor righteous men, but he who lay at his door met his sight to add to his woe, for it follows, and Lazarus in his bosom. It may be here observed that all who are offended by us are exposed to our view, but the rich man sees Lazarus not with any other righteous man, but in Abraham's bosom, for Abraham was full of love, but the man is convicted of cruelty. Abraham sitting before his door followed after those that passed by, and brought them into his house, the other turned away even them that abode within his gate. Gregory, and this rich man, forsooth, now fixed in his doom, seeks as his patron him to whom in this life he would not show mercy. Theophylact, he does not, however, direct his words to Lazarus, but to Abraham, because he was perhaps ashamed, and thought Lazarus would remember his injuries, but he judged of him from himself. Hence it follows, and he cried out and said, Pseudo Chrysostom, 
Great punishments give forth a great cry. Father Abraham, as if he said, I call thee father by nature, as the son who wasted his living, although by my own fault I have lost thee as a father, have mercy on me. In vain thou workest repentance, when there is no place for repentance. Thy torments drive thee to act the penitent, not the desires of thy soul. He who is in the kingdom of heaven, I know not whether he can have compassion on him who is in hell. The Creator pitieth his creature. There came one physician who was to heal all. Others could not heal. Send Lazarus. Thou errest, wretched man. Abraham cannot send, but he can receive. To dip the tip of his finger in the water. Thou wouldest not deign to look upon Lazarus, and now thou desirest his finger. What thou seekest now, thou oughtest to have done to him when alive. Thou art in want of water, who before despisest delicate food. Mark the conscience of the sinner. He durst not ask for the whole finger. We are instructed also how good it is not to trust in riches. See the rich man in need of the poor, who was before starving. Things are changed, and it is now made known to all who was rich and who was poor. For as in the theatres, when it grows towards evening, and the spectators depart, then going out and laying aside their dresses, they who seem kings and generals are seen as they really are, the sons of gardeners and fig-sellers. So also when death is come, and the spectacle is over, and all the masks of poverty and riches are put off, by their works alone are men judged, which are truly rich, which poor, which are worthy of honor, which of dishonor. Gregory, for that rich man who would not give to the poor man even the scraps of his table, being in hell, came to beg for even the least thing, for he sought for a drop of water, who refused to give a crumb of bread. Basil, but he receives a meat reward, fire and torments of hell, the parched tongue, for the tuneful lyre, wailing for drink the intense longing for a drop, for curious or wanton spectacles, profound darkness, for busy flattery, the undying worm. Hence it follows, that he may cool my tongue, for I am tormented in the flame. Chrysostom, but not because he was rich was he tormented, but because he was not merciful. Gregory, we may gather from this with what torments he will be punished who robs another if he is smitten with the condemnation to hell who does not distribute what is his own. Ambrose, he is tormented also because to the luxurious man it is a punishment to be without his pleasures. Water is also a refreshment to the soul which is set in sorrow. Gregory, but what means it that when in torments he desires his tongue to be cold, except that at his feasts, having sinned in talking, now by the justice of retribution his tongue was in fierce flame, for talkativeness is generally rife at a banquet. Chrysostom, his tongue too had spoken many proud things. Where the sin is, there is the punishment, and because the tongue offended much, it is the more tormented. Chrysostom, or in that he wishes his tongue to be cold, when he was altogether burning in the flame, that is signified which is written, death and life are in the hands of the tongue and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. 
which from pride he did not do but the tip of the finger means the very least work in which a man is assisted by the holy spirit augustine thou sayest that the members of the soul are here described and by the eye thou wouldst have the whole head understood because he was said to lift up his eyes by the tongue the jaws by the finger the hand but what is the reason that those names of members when spoken of god do not to thy mind imply a body but when of the soul they do it is that when spoken of the creature they are to be taken literally but when of the creator metaphorically and figuratively wilt thou then give us bodily wings seeing that not the creator but man that is the creature says if i take the wings in the morning besides if the rich man had a bodily tongue because he said cool my tongue in us also who live in the flesh the tongue itself has bodily hands for it is written death and life are in the hands of the tongue gregory of nisau as the most excellent of mirrors represents an image of the face just such as the face itself which is opposite to it a joyful image of that which is joyful a sorrowful of that which is sorrowful so also is the just judgment of god adapted to our dispositions wherefore the rich man because he pitied not the poor as he lay at his gate when he needs mercy for himself is not heard for it follows and abraham said unto him son etc chrysostom behold the kindness of the patriarch he calls him son which may express his tenderness yet gives no aid to him who had deprived himself of cure therefore he says remember that is consider the past forget not that thou delightest in thy riches and thou receivest good things in thy life that is such as thou thoughtest to be good thou couldst not both have triumphed on earth and triumph here riches cannot be true both on earth and below it follows and lazarus likewise evil things not that lazarus thought them evil but he spoke this according to the opinion of the rich man who thought poverty and hunger and severe sickness evils when the heaviness of sickness harasses us let us think of lazarus and joyfully accept evil things in this life augustine all this then is said to him because he chose the happiness of the world and loved no other life but that in which he proudly boasted but he says lazarus received evil things because he knew that the perishableness of this life its labors sorrows and sickness are the penalty of sin for we all die in adam who by transgression was made liable to death chrysostom he says thou receivest good things in thy life as if thy due as though he said if thou hast done any good thing for which a reward might be due thou hast received all things in that world living luxuriously abounding in riches enjoying the pleasure of prosperous undertakings but he if he committed any evil has received all afflicted with poverty hunger and the depths of wretchedness and each of you came thither naked lazarus indeed of sin wherefore he receives his consolation thou of righteousness wherefore thou endurest thy inconsolable punishment and hence it follows but now he is comforted and thou art tormented gregory whatsoever then ye have well in this world when ye recollected to have done anything good 
be very fearful about it, lest the prosperity granted you be your recompense for the same good. And when ye behold poor men doing anything blamably, fear not, seeing that perhaps those whom the remains of the slightest iniquity defiles, the fire of honesty cleanses. Chrysostom, but you will say, is there no one who shall enjoy pardon, both here and there? This is indeed a hard thing, and among those which are impossible. For should poverty press not, ambition urges, if sickness provoke not, anger inflames, if temptations assail not, corrupt thoughts often overwhelm. It is no slight toil to bridle anger, to check unlawful desires, to subdue the swellings of vainglory, to quell pride or haughtiness, to lead a severe life. He that doeth not these things cannot be saved. Gregory, it may also be answered that evil men receive in this life good things, because they place their whole joy in transitory happiness. But the righteous may indeed have good things here, yet not receive them for reward, because while they seek better things, that is, eternal, in their judgment whatever good things are present seem by no means good. Chrysostom, but after the mercy of God, we must seek in our own endeavors for hope of salvation, not in numbering fathers or relations or friends, for brother does not deliver brother. And therefore it is added, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Theophylact, the great gulf signifies the distance of the righteous from sinners. For as their affections were different, so also their abiding places do not slightly differ. Chrysostom, the gulf is said to be fixed, because it cannot be loosened, moved, or shaken. Ambrose, between the rich and the poor, then, there is a great gulf, because after death rewards cannot be changed. Hence it follows, so that they who would pass from hence to you cannot, nor come thence to us. Chrysostom, as if he says, we can see we cannot pass, and we see what we have escaped, you what you have lost. Our joys enhance your torments, your torments are joys. Gregory, for as the wicked desire to pass over to the elect, that is, to depart from the pangs of their suffering, so too the afflicted and tormented would the just pass in their mind by compassion and wish to set them free. But the souls of the just, although in the goodness of their nature they feel compassion, after being united to the righteousness of their author, are constrained by such great uprightness as not to be moved with compassion towards the retrobate. Neither then do the unrighteous pass over to the lot of the blessed, because they are bound in everlasting condemnation. Nor can the righteous pass to the retrobates, because, being now made upright by the righteousness of judgment, they in no way pity them from any compassion. Theophylact, you may from this derive an argument against the followers of Origen, who say that since an end is to be placed to punishments, there will be a time when sinners shall be gathered to the righteous and to God. Augustine, for it is shown by the unchangeableness of the divine sentence that no aid of mercy can be rendered to men by the righteous, even though they should wish to give it, by which he reminds us that in this life men should relieve those they can, since hereafter, even if they be well received, they would not be able to give help to those they love. For that which was written, that they may receive you into everlasting habitations, was not said of the proud and unmerciful, 
but of those who have made to themselves friends by their works of mercy, whom the righteous receive, not as if by their own power benefiting them, but by divine permission. End of chapter 16, verses 22 through 26.